we are back after a long hiatus. Yeah, um, we were kind we've of been sleeping and hibernating. Yeah. yeah, you've been kind of busy. I mean, I guess we've both been, but I I yeah. came back from like a really busy time and was like, now I really like I really need to like seriously hibernate. Like you and like also yeah. we we'll, we'll both get in these moods. Everyone does where it's like actually no one better talk to me right now and no one better mm-hmm. need anything. No one better mm-hmm. want me to answer their Instagram message. <laughs> no way. I'm too busy reading Otessa Moshfag's My Year of Rest and Relaxation. Um, mm. Leave me alone. The only people that can come and see me are the people that are, like, um, making art projects out of my, like, sleep, you know? <laughs> exactly. Um, and... I took it upon myself to finally start a book that has been, you know, recommended the world over since the pandemic started. Yeah. Um, And I downloaded my year of rest and relaxation and I got like three quarters of the way through this book. I was tearing that bitch up. Um, Me too. And oh my God, it is so good because you read it quite a while ago, right? What made you want to read it? I, I don't remember. I just remember seeing people on Twitter like, going on about this book and this was like middle of last year i remember Mm. like when the pandemic first kind of became a thing everyone was like all the like id dazed book recommendations like this was at the top because i guess it was very like timely or whatever Mm. (laughs) so i remember hearing about it like in 2019 no 2020 but then last year i like found it at a bookstore and i was like okay i'll try it and i was just surprised i don't know we don't really read novels. Like we don't no. really read like fiction. God, and no. for some no. reason I was like, Jesus, reading is so easy. Like why am I punishing <laughs> myself every other day trying to read this like impossibly like drab That's and so like funny. heavy, like challenging books. And then I just pick up this book and I just devoured it in the course over the course of like four days. Um, I yeah, was reading it like, often, like, Reading, like, critical theory or whatever elsewhere, like, usually reading makes me feel, like, literally illiterate. So then when yeah, I... like, when I like myself. Yeah, when I, like, on the off chance that I do pick up a novel, I'm like, oh, I understand why people are, like, chewing through novels. Um, yeah, right, right. Yeah, and it, it is very much, like, a holiday read or whatever, but it's it's so much fun. It's so satisfying. It's, it's uh-huh. as as promised, this woman is um, in, locks herself in a New York apartment. I like how the first thing she does is explain how financially this is all plausible for her so that you have like no further too. questions later on. <laughs> I like um, that too. And then, and then she explains the project, which uh, is which she set up for herself. That and the purpose of her year of rest, rest and relaxation is that she figures after you know three hundred and sixty five days of sleeping, she'll be all her cells and whatever that was making life like miserable and dissatisfactory how will have regenerated, and she'll be a new person. Mm -hmm. to deal with Mm -hmm. and emerge from this like hibernation in a new way um totally but she's so much funnier than that right right and you you think like wow what a boring premise for a book like the character sleeps somehow (laughs) i don't know you just gotta like you just gotta tuck in because like (laughs) (laughs) it was really like captivating <laughs> and she has this fucked up friend who's like oh um God. not I her love friends fucked are up fucked friend. up their relationship is just fucked up it's um, so fucked. and it just kind of like 
I don't know, it really spoke to this like blonde brunette, like pretty <laughs> naturally thin, like lean, um, rich person. And then like Reva is just like the kind a, of like aspirational class, yeah. <laughs> shadow, yeah, exactly. a half size bigger, fluctuating depending on um, yeah. depending on time of the year like and the habits, etc. Yeah. <laughs> um, slightly alcoholic. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, her like description of Reva is like consistently awful, and it made me think. I think there's. I've got it sitting on my bookshelf. I haven't read it because it's a novel, and I don't read novels. Elena Ferrante's my brilliant friend and I think the whole Mm. premise and phenomena around that was that it was this like again like two competitive female friends who uh like can only have this co-parasitic relationship because Mm -hmm. there are so many parts of their lives that they like have to live out through the other and that's Mm -hmm. like part of what I found like so satisfying about like whatever she would interact with Reva and then it becomes like real she completely um, uh, like makes it very explicit towards the end of the book or towards the middle of the book where she says about Reva um, and Reva's grief, watching her take what was deep and real and painful and ruin it by expressing it with such trite precision gave me reason to think Reva was an idiot and therefore I could discount her pain and with it mine. Reva was like the pills I took. They turned everything even hatred, even love into fluff I could bat away. And the whole book, she's like talking so flippantly. The way I was describing this to Bessie of the Pod Carmen was she will like, <laughs> she'll like talk about her day and like how she had to like slip down to the bodega and she will be like, and I was pretty, I was gorgeous, I was thin and I was blonde and I was attractive. So I was also tall <laughs> and pretty. <laughs> it's just the most, it's, it's like, it's so satisfying to read. I don't know. Totally, totally. And okay, just to situate it, like um, when I was reading this book, it was like a few days before going to Tenerife for this holiday in like September of last year. And um, I had like my work days like finished in the middle of the day. So I had like these afternoons and I was like running down to the um, bodega, which in France is like has such an appalling like equivalent name l'arabe du coin which means like the arab on the corner which is just so categorically french um so i was running running down to the bodega um you know in my like disheveled and i was just feeling so i don't even know what to call her she doesn't have a name does she the character um but (laughs) there's something so glamorous about being deeply antisocial not one like how to disappear vibes um yes yeah really 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 funny and like you said about this whole like you know i was thin so that meant that i was tall and i was blonde so that meant that i was pretty and this kind of weird like um i don't know like it felt very like um even the aspect of like i was rich so i inherited all this money so that's how i could take this time off to rest and relax it felt very like someone was like fantasizing about being her, like maybe Otessa Moshfeg really just wanted to like sit in this world and just be I this like I wonder that. Uh, yeah, you like you wonder that throughout the whole thing. You're like, is this like a and and that's the the impression that I got reading it as well after seeing, you know, after understanding the cultural online chronically online fascination with it. Chronically was, online. 
like understanding it through um through the lens of like fantasy because r- reading it and and being engrossed in like the um the like fugue of it all is kind mm-hmm. of um like fantastical I don't know I can only think that everyone else is like reading it being equally consumed in the yeah. fantasy life of and I was an orphan so I had an inheritance which meant that I could take yeah. the time off and <laughs> <laughs> no it's definitely like um that's a part of the fantasy I think the um the fantasy of like she's you know she's this character is like naturally thin like it doesn't matter how much she eats she's naturally she's just like genetically blessed then she's like financially blessed by her parents who've died Mm. you know like Mm. she's um she's got all these kind of just like inherently like lucky um traits and i think that that's something about a girl blogger is like this um paradox of being like so mopey and unhappy and deeply Mm. like depressed in um uh i don't know miserable but at the same time like being like physically blessed with all these like kind of traditionally like um i don't know positive traits and just having like <laughs> having like life handed to you you know it's very like yeah. elizabeth wurzel being this like rich girl at harvard like you know, like, <laughs> just miserable <laughs> like you should by all measures hate her right but why do we all love her so much you know like that why do we all identify with her because i have i have no connection to this person like this is not me but i was reading it like this is me oh yeah, my god what's I, the meme Laura? I it's like literally this am is literally her. me <laughs> this is literally me exactly exactly and that's like the like the like girl blogger effect of it is that i was like imagining this having seen like yeah everything from like online i even saw this mm-hmm. tiktok charles that was like it was this girl who i need to describe her appearance she just like had this perfect like white porcelain skin and that kind of blonde hair that you only see like children have it's like that shockingly mm-hmm. like pale I know blonde what you're talking about yeah yeah and then like um you know like crystal bright blue eyes and this like <laughs> lilting whispering kind of voice like very like soft (laughs) feminine voice and she was saying that she was like i you know i've never read my year of rest and relaxation (laughs) but i have heard that they're making a movie and i just think that i would play the narrator really well and she was talking about how when she was a child she asked her mom to take pictures of her while she was sleeping because she couldn't bear the thought that the world was going on without her and she was also intensely curious about this world that happened while she was asleep and what she looked like in it and then she kept the pictures of herself next to her bed and she said just like this beautiful like sleeping beauty looking child with her like perfect blonde hair having this having this nap and that's a true story wow Uh, allegedly allegedly true (laughs) um and you know what's the wildest and most interesting part of all of this is that i don't know how to say his name yorgos lanthimos is doing the film Um, how exciting it's actually going to be really 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 exciting i think I'm really twisted. People are calling it like the female Joker. 
and we haven't even seen a trailer. Oh, you know? yeah. I Yeah, I love it when people say, and, like, girl bloggers love to do this in their letterbox reviews. Um, uh-huh. Oh, my God, about Spencer. This is so, like, Spencer, <gasps> Spencer. as well. That's true. Um, That's true. Being, like, um, this is this is my how guys were like when the Joker came out, I'm about this film, but so much worse. (laughs) Yeah. It's very like the whole, like Cassie from euphoria posting as well. Like, um, Mm. I don't know. People want so badly to be unhinged. They are, like you said, competing to be the craziest woman on earth. Um, Yes, totally. (laughs) I forgot that that was my like thesis as well. That was your thesis. And that's why I was like, we need to pod about this book. (laughs) So I, yeah, I was like listening to like someone sing along to Liability by Lord for literally the first time in my life. I've never been a Lord fan. And how she's like screaming about how she's like, she's miserable and self-destructive and and her Uh destruction spiraling outwards, which is making her a liability. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ. Like you just are like having a bit of tension in your relationship. Like, Right, exactly. I love love the calamity of it though. And I think we all like, um, we need someone to say it. it. Yeah. So that we can all agree that we're all so melodramatic. That's why it's literally called melodrama, That's right? That's why it's called That's melodrama. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the thing is, now we've reached a point where everyone is, like, so confidently melodramatic that mm. it's just too much. Like, it's not... Yeah. It, it's not valid anymore, you know? Like, a few weeks ago, I watched um, Fassbinder's... Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant. Um, and the film is like, um, the premise is that it's like about this uh, like wealthy uh, German designer, female designer, who's like an older woman. And she has like a kind of staff member slash lover um, who like is like a live in assistant slash servant slash slave. Like she's actually like incredibly mean to this person in the film. (laughs) And then throughout the film, it's like all set in her bedroom, which is incredibly glamorous. And the room is really captivating and Fassbinder captures it from so many different, I don't know, like the framing of it is really interesting because the room feels so like vast and really you're in like one enclosed space for an entire two hours and a a number of different like invaders, I would call them like visit her in her room and like sit on her bed. And she like has these like 30 minute monologues at times about like love and loss and loneliness and adultery and depression and, um, and ego and beauty and all these things. And it's so, um, girl blogger, before girl bloggers um it's like tracy emmons bed and like this kind of like the bed as like a place for like female reflection and like Mm. female companionship female competition um yes it's such an interesting film and it's incredibly beautiful and the costumes are insane so you have to watch it laura you have to finish it you Uh, started watching it i think i know yeah well that's my you know undiagnosed like mental illness that's preventing me from finishing movies (laughs) exactly um so yeah and and that got me thinking about also um emily dickinson is like another like poetess that could fit into this archetype i guess because she was also extremely sickly her whole life she like spent in her Mm -hmm. bed and she also had like these like 
Um, I think it was like an affair with her living like house staff servant type person. Incredible. Um, and um, I just imagine these like two women like hanging out in her sick bed while she like writes like twisted love poems about how like miserable and grotesque life is. Like she was always on about pulling out her heart and guts and stuff in servitude <laughs> of, of like love or whatever. But also the the like sickliness of it is a funny aspect. I like yeah. the women picturing themselves or like actually being so frail as to like confine themselves to to their bed and the, confine their misery to totally. like that one, I don't know, domestic space. Totally, totally. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, the frailty is like a really important part of it. And it's like a lot about like, um, you know, eating disorders, mental disorders, and how they like um, affect your like body and not only your body, but also your energy levels. I have mm. this, um, this like, I would call it like a pamphlet. It's clearly like a zine or something published by like two people called complaints and disorders, the sexual politics of sickness. And the story behind it is that I was like shopping for like a Christmas gift for Laura in Paris <laughs> before I was coming to Sydney. And I like bought her like a few little books like this from my favorite bookstore in the city. And when I was leaving, I was like, I cannot bring this book about sickness and hand it to Laura as a gift. That is so insulting. I was like, although she would love to read this, and I'm sure this would be, like, interesting to her, it's like, I'm literally handing you a book that says Complaints and Disorders. Like, <laughs> it's so gold-blogger so of us, but at the funny. same it's time, so like, I still didn't want to, like, I don't know. I, I know what you like, mean. I like I gifted it's not someone. A gift, like no, I like I I found this like beautiful zine that had that was like also like largely focused on like HIV AIDS, and I gifted it to someone. But I like had to write in it literally like <laughs> I know this is morbid, but I hope you still like enjoy this. You know what I mean? You feel like some kind right, of like right. guilt or like like I guess it's like a um also the idea that that these um it, like images texts like whatever are imbued with some kind of like not just affect but also um like energetic phantasmagorgic like luck bad luck kind of vibe totally 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 (laughs) and also it's just as simple as like you know I don't want you to think I was walking which is exactly what happened I don't want you to think I was walking through a like a bookstore seeing the words like complaints and and disorders Disorders, and I was like, "Oh, that's perfect." Oh my for god, Laura! Laura. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's so fucking funny. So to like, um, to like, pull a cute little moment from the book. Um, there's a chapter called "The Scientific Explanation of Female Frailty," which, of course, is like what we're talking about um, vital today. to the operation. And yeah, we have exactly. the science for this. We have the science. We have the literature. We ha- we come <laughs> with evidence. Evidence-based research. (laughs) We're not just like pretty waves. We also have. We're also well-read. So generally, they traced female disorders either to women's inherent defectiveness, quote unquote, or to any sort of activity beyond their mildest feminine pursuits, especially sexual, athletic, and mental activities. So thus, Mm. promiscuity, dancing in hot rooms, and subjection to an overly romantic husband were given as the origins of illness, along with too much reading, too much seriousness or ambition, and worrying. 
So the underlying medical theory of women's weakness rested on what doctors considered the most basic physiological law, the conservation of energy. That Which actually made me funny. think about it's it's fucking hilarious. And it makes me think about the um sorry to like jump over to like podcast no, about funny. another podcast again, but how um Anna from Red Scare is always talking about how the reason why feminism is bad is because it's making women do too many things. And she's like, right. Why would you wanna why would you want to quote unquote have it all? you're actually putting, doing a disservice to yourself by spreading yourself too thin and then developing these like frail and whatever disorders because you actually right. can't do it all and you don't shouldn't right. want to do it all. Right. Um, like literally like you're like, um, you're the muscles in your arms are not strong enough to open doors. Um, yes. and you're like, <laughs> you're wearing, you're actually going to have like muscle atrophy if you continue to open doors for yourself, you know, like that's the attitude, right? <laughs> exactly you have to you have to conserve it otherwise they'll just yeah. it'll just you'll lose it um but no this is actually an interesting point we're now totally like diverging but i remember hearing from a really skinny person once that they don't lift anything over like five oh kilos God. or something wait so is, that, their is arms that real don't build muscles yes that's real okay, i remember I've, hearing I've that i've heard that i've heard that like in like i feel like movies and tv i feel like i've like heard no, that i heard a real person say um <gasps> that's crazy this person yeah. was like i don't lift anything you know more than five kilos because i don't yeah. want like muscles to develop in my arms which is yeah. interesting because like i've always said the reason i have really soft hands like really yeah. really soft the, hands Charles is because i the don't softest hands <laughs> i don't like touch hot things and i don't um i don't do manual labor like i don't do any any of it you know so i really refuse to like touch anything that might you know get in the way of my incredibly soft hands yeah they're they're so soft um which reminds me by the way sorry i'm just like jumping but this ahead, just like ahead. brings me to Free the chloe sevigny tits rebirth oh my um, God, yes. post where it's a naked picture of chloe sevigny mm. in a i guess photo shoot <laughs> and the caption the whisper caption is i'm so scared of eating meat <laughs> 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 this is so funny to me. So we, so Charles pulled together a collection of um, Instagram girl blogger meme account uh-huh. notable posts. Um, our, I think. Did you say your favorite was Chloe Seventy Tits Rebirth? That's my favorite yeah, for sure. I, I personally love her, but I like them all. I yeah, think Obelisk Fairy is a little bit more visual. Like Obelisk Fairy is not one of those ones that's like. Um, ranting on and on and on about being a girl blogger just has the visual no. language to to back it up you know um totally chloe sevigny tits rebirth i think is actually just funny and like tongue-in-cheek but the worst of them all or should i say best of them all is mm. um at girl blogger 2008 who i think is kind of like the face of girl bloggers or am i just in a bubble on- I would say I would say the well I don't really know because I am still on Tumblr so I like follow Mm. some of these girl bloggers who have been like girl blogging like on that I feel like it like as like a platform thing it's really funny on Instagram to to like girl blog because something like Twitter or Tumblr where you can just like post text as well or like have like Mm -hmm. different kind of like interactions um Mm and and feel like less i guess it feels like less based around a like person and more about like curating media to me than like mm-hmm, instagram mm-hmm. 
I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I think I think that like I don't know. Tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that mm. Twitter and um, Twitter and Tumblr are more for like um, like uh, it's it's more like uh, intellectualized, and it's more like <laughs> it's more like thoughtful but instagram has this very like vacuous quality to it that even to be a girl blogger and to make this kind of cutting commentary mm. or like this kind of sharp tongued like mm. girl blogger statement it falls short because it's like it's like undercut i'm totally making up words it's like it's kind of like overtaken by the like um fluffiness of instagram you know yeah and that causes a kind of chaos and dissonance it's totally about like the way i guess you like navigate these like user interfaces as well like the the nature of like an instagram story is very like quick and schizoid and same mm-hmm. kind of goes for like the feed is is that it's like obviously like image based but that's not mm-hmm. to say that these girl bloggers aren't girl blogging with like extreme precision and efficacy that's true. Um, that's true. I think these accounts are all like really funny and they all have like a very like specifically defined aesthetic and language um, mm-hmm. but they are not like isolated by like geography (laughs) no interesting right so we were like before we got on the pod we were trying to figure out like where they're all from um and the the two that i follow the most which are girl blogger 2008 and chloe 78 it's rebirth um these two are definitely like central and eastern european um which is really interesting and um like kind of brings you out of the fantasy at a moment when they're like girl blogging in like in Serbian or they're like girl blogging in Auf Deutsch, you know, it like, Mm. it suddenly becomes really weird to me because like girl blogging is so like with the language and the like visuals and like all of the kind of like culture around it has come out of America, but then it has this like distinctively like anti-American, like Eastern Orthodox, like, um, spiritual like affection to it as well so it's like just this really Mm. interesting like cultural force i think i think so and i think it can like only like enhance i guess the like americanisms or the the media that they're drawing from maybe that's why it's so good and maybe that's why it makes so much sense to us as possibly, quite possibly. Fellow non-Americans, I don't know. Yeah, right, um, right. <laughs> well, one of the interesting, ugh, one of the interesting <laughs> things that I took a screenshot of was like um, something that was posted that was like a three books um, as a mom and dad with a Tessa a little, a little family tree kind of a diagram. Tree, that's the word. And so <laughs> the dad is, of course, Brett Easton Ellis's American Psycho which is very famous. And then mm. the mum is Valley of the Dolls by Jacqueline Suzanne. I don't actually know the name of that author. I didn't even know it was a book, to be completely honest. Yeah, no, I only found out today because I thought I had like a couple spare hours um, in the afternoon and I thought, why don't I try and watch Valley of the Dolls? It's in the mm. Criterion Collection and mm. I've seen Beyond the Valley of the Dolls and that movie starts by saying this movie has no association, association with Valley of the Dolls. And I thought that was quite That's iconic. Confusing. So, What's the difference <laughs> between the two? 
they're completely different films, but they like had to make a disclaimer in Beyond the Valley of the Dolls to say like this is not at all associated with Valley of the Dolls, which I just think is like iconic behavior. Like if your preceding film Valley of the Dolls has the power to like affect that. I think that uh-huh. that's really cool. So totally, anyway, I totally. tried to watch this movie and because I'm so frail, weak, like unhealthy, undernourished, fatigued, lethargic, <laughs> I fell asleep. <laughs> so I couldn't actually tell you what the Valley of the Dolls was actually like. See, but the this dolls, is, I guess... Sorry. <laughs> this is, I guess, where we, like, where we split. Um, because I'm... The kind of person who could never fall asleep watching no. a movie. Um, I wish I could actually fall asleep, put something on and just drift away. Um, but I just, <laughs> I guess just as a biological man. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's the yes, reason that's why. That's right. I'm coming out. Um, pod, gender reveal on the pod. I am a bio man. Um, yeah, I just, I can sit through the it's- whole of American Psycho. Yeah, it's like it's crazy to me. I yeah, I just don't understand it. But the um the dolls are pills and it's like at the <laughs> it's at the at the kind of like I guess like beginning of um widespread use of benzos by women specifically. Uh-huh. Like did you I don't know, maybe it says this in my year of rest and relaxation, but like they used to call like Valium Mummy's little helper. And they, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, they talk about that a little bit in the most recent episode of Nympha Alumni when they're kind of cover, uh, covering like benzo use and its cultural kind of impact more uh-huh. closer to the present. But like this is set in the 60s between like New York and L.A. and women in the entertainment business. Right, um, right. Also, the setting for my year of rest and relaxation is really funny. I was saying before we started the pod that it's interesting because neither of us lived in, neither of us have ever been to New York City, but um, we are prepped and primed to understand every single nuance about, you know, Upper West Side, like <laughs> Lower Manhattan, right. like, blah, blah, I blah, could, blah. I could draw a map, you know. <laughs> it's so irritating to me. Like, uh, we haven't had a choice but to, like, know these things. Yeah, and and even like the nuances of like okay, she is a um what like gallery representative of sorts and immediately I'm thinking oh like um what the fuck what the fuck happened with girls in like a gallery oh when Jessa was like an intern at a gallery in girls no, or like no, no, Charlotte no, no, no. York what, in what was her name the the really irritating one from girls oh wait that was all of them um the <laughs> the, the wakey one what's her name the wake the taller Jeez. one Marnie yeah the taller one Marnie she was a she was a gallerist Oh, she like, was a gallerist. And do you remember when she dated the guy that is, like, in Lonely Island? <gasps> and oh. <laughs> she's, like, stuck in his, like, art installation house. Yes. Oh, my God. That was incredible. Okay, like, we need to, like, watch a whole season of Girls and then do a pot about it. Because I think I Girls is, like, one of the to. greatest television think- shows to ever be made. I yeah, I kind of uh would really like to talk about Lena Dunham's body of work with you. I would love that. You know that I read her like memoir as a teenager. Oh my god, yeah. I was sitting yeah. in like I think it was like an English exam in like year ten, I wanna say. Um, and I'm reading about Lena Dunham like fingering her younger sister. Oh my god, you guys. Um, and I'm like actually like audibly like <laughs> 
shocked and making noises in the class like because <gasps> <laughs> it's like you know when you would like you would read a book after you finish the exam yeah 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 that and was I your would, book like, of choice finish the english exam and i'm like reading Leonard no it's it's memoir. too funny it's too such funny. a weird thing for a teenage boy um to be reading at a it's catholic odd. school but anyway it, it, it's so odd. Um, but it makes perfect sense. And I mean, look at you now. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, re New York, um, gallerists, um, Charlotte York, etc. Yeah. So, right. and the book is set in the year 2000. Yeah. Um, which like, I'm not immediately thinking pre nine 11. Like that's not where my mind, like no, my mind didn't go there went. either. My my mind was like okay like like beginning of like opioid crisis or like <laughs> right. before like mobile phone widespread <laughs> before smartphone widespread use I don't know right. um and I love it I love a text that just goes back to something that was really recent like something that's literally just set like ten years ago is like really bold to me because I'm tired of like looking back at the 20th century, I want to look back at the 21st century, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I think, so I was watching Sarah Jessica Parker yesterday, um, did like a life in looks thing for Vogue and I was watching and of course she was like, okay, so this dress was after nine 11 and I wore this no because way. blah, blah, New blah. And, you know, like- we were all different. New Yorkers were different after nine 11 and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Americans love to talk about nine 11. They love it. They love nine 11. They're obsessed. I know. They're like, they're, it's like, um, yeah, I don't know. I think that they see themselves as like shallow and vapid enough that to have that like kernel of grief to sit at this at the center of them and to inform mm-hmm. the way they can now walk about the world like mm-hmm. is the only thing to give them meaning. <laughs> so mm-hmm. like spiritually no, can deprived. I, can I just can I just pull a pull a quote for you? Please. Watching the United States take what was deep and real and painful and ruin it by expressing it with such trite passion gave me reason to think that the United States were an idiot and therefore I could discount their pain and with it, mine. The United States was like the pills I took. They turned everything, even 9-11, even love, into fluff. I could bat away. Literally, that that is so like if if Lana Del Rey wrote um, Blue Bannisters while living in New York, it would be like my body is a map of the World Trade Center's ground yeah, zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, my legs are the like twin the towers. Twin towers. <laughs> well, that's what we need to talk about is that the, the twin towers were very like legs eleven wayfish, like skinny. Like they said something about like skinny culture, you know. <laughs> And also because thigh gap, duh. Yeah, there's such a beautiful gap between the two of them. <laughs> like, you could, like, soar a plane through it, you know? Like Yeah, it's almost like, uh, like, yonic in a way. Like, instead of being phallic yonic? because there's two of them, it's like vagina uh-huh. lips. <laughs> Can I just tell you something? So I was watching, okay, actually, this is so relevant, right? I was watching um, Talk to Her by Pedro Almodovar yesterday. Um, it's one of his like uh, films from like the turn of the century, I think, I want to say. And the whole premise <laughs> is like these two like elite athlete women both fall into a coma. One of them is a bullfighter and the other one is a ballet dancer. I'm like, mm. I'm hooked. I'm watching, like, I'm, I'm interested. This sounds like my kind of film. Like, 
I'm ready to like write my letterbox review, you know, before I've even watched it. I go into it thinking it's going to be like all about these two women. And it's actually just like, they're actually mute the whole film. They're literally oh God, in a coma they and they die, you know, <laughs> and they have no speaking roles. And it's just like them constantly at every turn washing their naked bodies. Like they're literally just repetitively topless. Like, compulsively naked um and it's all about the men taking care of them i'm like boring i don't care i don't care about men particularly male nurses who then like you know spoiler alert like assault comatose women yuck yeah men's um, fantasy is literally to put their penis in actual sleeping beauty literally literally that's the whole reason why sleeping beauty exists um but People are not ready for that. Anyway, basically there's like this weird bit within a bit of the film, which is like a short film, um, like a silent film that, uh, that Pedro obviously like wrote and like put within his film as a kind of intertextuality piece, blah, 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 whatever. And the scene is that there's this couple and the woman is like a mad scientist and she makes a potion for her like overweight husband. Okay. This is very relevant for our pod. The, Potion is supposed to, like, make him skinny, right? Mm. I'm like, where's my potion? Where's the potion? (laughs) (laughs) Where is the potion? Anyway, um, it, like, makes him skinny, but then, oh, my God, he gets too skinny, and then he starts shrinking, and then he's tiny. He's small. And eventually there's this scene where he's, like, crawling over her enormous body, so he's made a monster out of her, Um. basically. And then he's, like, she's sleeping, and he yeah. crawls into her vagina oh and my there's God. this whole scene men live this, for that they love that shit there's this whole scene with this enormous vagina pussy lips that is clearly like fabric it's like cushion or something and this real life sized man getting naked and climbing into it you have to see it it's really funny <laughs> to be seen to be film, believed yeah this film like really to me encapsulates the male perception of girl blogging and the male perception of girl wayfishness, the male perception of female frailty, that it's like hot that women are weak, which is totally they've totally the point, I forgot you know? I forgot that that was like that was like literally what's informing the like low key subservient, like too weak to be anything but other than like agreeable. That's like uh-huh. what that's the point. Yeah. That's so the point of giving I was mothers really valium. Disappointed by the film. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> That's the point of like giving mothers valium. Oh my god. Literally, literally. Yeah, like remove super mum from your ideation and start thinking yeah. about like valium like mum. I don't know who I was talking to. Someone said like Oh yeah, one of my students said that um her mum is a housewife. And so yeah, one of my students in Taiwan, she's like, my mom's a housewife, so she watches a lot of TV. I was like, oh my God, I love that. So she's like watching a lot of like Taiwanese dramas with her mom all day long while her dad goes out and work. I just love the idea of like actually being like a stay-at-home mom once your kids have like grown up. You suddenly have no work to do, so you just watch TV. Live. I live. (laughs) I know. It's crazy. Especially if they like, yeah, especially if they have like domestic help as well. Oh my God. I can only imagine. Holy shit. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We're like thinking about it. We're like, oh my God, the fantasy life. The fantasy of having like, having a helper. 
the fantasy of being Petra von Kant. Um, <laughs> now, okay, just to like situate it with like um, the problem and the trap of like over intellectualizing girl blogging, which is what we're doing right now. Yeah. Girl Blogger 2008 posted, I guess, like a few weeks ago, this picture of um, a woman wearing stripper heels on a skateboard, which is very much the like Tumblr girl blogger aesthetic. And yeah. the caption went with it um, says, I hope this doesn't sound mean, but the way that quote unquote girl blogging has become this whole thing that especially millennials try to dissect and over intellectualize in brackets, not everyone. It just makes me feel so weird and uncomfortable. Like just let me post. I like when people get my vibe, but when I'm put into categories in this cookie cutter inclusive inclusivism culture on aesthetic Insta, it makes me feel so caged in something similar. I have been talking about too. And this is really important because this is such a girl blogger username <laughs> at Chateau Marmont XX as well. Stop trying to put everything into categories. Don't try to find a name for that aesthetic. The internet convinced you to make your entire personality for a week until a new one comes along on TikTok. And for that, some girls on TikTok really pose as, I don't know, a Russian bimbo girl until that becomes boring. And then they throw away their ushankas or whatever and go buy a Hawaiian floral halter top instead because the key West kitten girl is the new thing. I don't mean this in a mean-spirited way, and I understand wanting to explore your energies and try new things explore when you're young, your but it's all so fast paced right now and placing Amazon and Shein orders every month for a new persona you can perform as well as not as well as will can perform will not fulfill you. There was, there was a typo. And who are you performing for? You obsess over your identity in relation to others while your soul rots inside of you. Wow. See, I, I like the, the like viciousness. I like the intensity. I like the uh-huh. like protectiveness of the uh-huh. girl blogging identity. I, uh-huh. I don't agree. I think we can like absolutely intellectualize it, criticize it, place it within like a, a like cultural context. Um, but she's saying the, the way that this is worded as well is exactly like Lana Del Rey, a question for the culture adjacent, <laughs> yes. like not like other girls, etc., etc. Um, and I like keep thinking about how Lana. There should be like a compilation of like every time Lana Del Rey says crazy in one of her songs. Mm-hmm. Every time she calls mm-hmm. herself crazy when she's not all that crazy. No, 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 no. Boyfriend of the pod is obsessed with saying that about Lana Del Rey that she has like a specific vocabulary of like, you know, LA. Like, um, what are the, what are the words? LA crazy baby, um, architecture. (laughs) (laughs) Like what are her words? She just has like 15 words and she just, it's like a found poem every time. Um, but crazy is totally the number one word. And it's funny because she's like really actually a very normal and like not that unhinged person. I would yeah, say. I mean, you follow her private, her. right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not private anymore, you know? <laughs> right, right. I don't know. I don't follow it. I love that it's it called Honeymoon. Public. That's such a yeah. sleigh. <laughs> it's such a sleigh. No, I, I'm, 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 I'm obsessed with the, like, Elizabeth Grant aspect of it. Like, creating this persona means actually, like, making up a name, pretending to be depressed, mm. like, using the word crazy 
dangerously. I remember when you were t- telling me something about like you were talking to your dad, um, and you were saying you said you threw out, threw around the word crazy a few too many times, and your dad was like giving you like a look. And I'm just like, let women use the word crazy. It's like a slur. You know, oh my god, I can't even like, should be allowed to say so the word funny. crazy. No, I do think that also. I like used to like identify as um, a crazy woman, but then I like undiagnosed myself. But I'm, um, I guess, getting like re-diagnosed lately, um, which is totally right. wild. But it's just like I'm, I'm, I'm interested in like what drove other than the obvious like what drove all these women crazy why do they like what are they Mm -hmm. getting out of performing craziness um Mm -hmm. is it just as simple as like attention uh no i think it's a lot more complex than that i actually think (laughs) that these women are like deeply traumatized by the world and like i don't know like girl blogger girl blogger posted um sorry to go back to her but when she was doing like a live insta story um kind of like mm, question and mm, q a thing mm, you're and right. she wrote like it's 3 a.m i can't sleep mm. very my year of rest and relaxation send me questions um and someone asked her do you believe in life after death and she posted a picture of like a renaissance i want to say renaissance painting of like a young dainty girlish porcelain skinned woman in a big billowy like flouncy uh pink dress and she wrote yes i was actually a princess in a former life but i was poisoned to death i still struggle with trust issues and being an extremely picky eater they're actually traumatized and like it's mostly because they were princesses you were probably yeah. a princess, Laura. No, I definitely was a princess. I was a princess and I was also like, um, like I think I went to like too many parties or something. That's why I'm so tired. Like I was no, the people's it's actually princess. actually from the complaints and disorders. You were like dancing in too many hot rooms. Exactly, exactly. And my husband was too romantic and <laughs> I probably, I think I probably had like, yeah. You were yeah, like Dickinson's more- like servant. Yeah, and she took me to dance in the hot rooms, and that was really bad for me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think probably I was, like, a young peasant boy who had to, like, dance for, like, coins. And I, like... I think so, too. I, like, I accidentally, like, fell over and grazed my hands, and that's why I have such problems with, like, touching hot things. Yes. Um, Because I was, like, you know, I don't know beaten now up by some yeah. tricksters um what is it about these like what is it about these like past life stories um like remember remember erica jane talking about it and she was like i was a spanish um peasant boy living like in like anne frank living in like the, the living in the bottom of a boat hiding from the like conquistadors it's never like like, unremarkable it's always like like, i was a peasant working (laughs) on a field planting like sunflowers (laughs) it's never never just like the lane it's always so exciting yeah yeah because because all of our lives have value and are exciting in different ways (laughs) (laughs) boring not sure about that um is there anything left for us to say? I don't know. I feel like we like totally glazed over all of the the drugs and like the but I, that's because we we don't do I don't we're not none of us like drugs 
None of us do well, drugs. Not, not I have anything to say about like, drugs. <laughs> I don't fuck around with narcotics. Like, if, if anyone's watching Euphoria, then you know that, like, drugs are so bad. Don't do them. Like, these particular <laughs> types, you need to stay away from them because they will ruin your life. Yeah, that's some scary shit. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, the... Bestie the of the pod and I were, like, <laughs> yeah. were like, musing after that particular episode where Rue is, like, you know, you've seen it, I'm sure. She's, yeah. like, being chased and then she almost gets sex trafficked and it's, like, ugh. It's, like, actually traumatic to watch. Um, we were, like, finally, Euphoria has convinced me that drugs are not cool. <laughs> and I feel so disappointed to admit it, but... <laughs> and we're like totally defeated we're like i guess they were right drugs were never cool um yeah that's that's really yeah. like the one thing that's done it because i read um my year of rest and relaxation and i and she kind of had me convinced again but then the latest episode of yeah, right? came out so there's something um, really romantic about a pill you know like there's something so easy and the fact that it's like <sighs> they were talking about it in nymphed alumni but like the idea of like being like drug adult with like uh, pharmaceuticals is different to other kinds of like drug habits because you can like, you can pop a pill on the street Mm. and no one's going to look twice at you, you know, like Mm. because we have this kind of fucked up big pharma complex in our world. Like it's actually, we're actually encouraged to become addicted to pharmaceuticals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) totally. I mean like, yeah, I said this before. It's like a crazy person. It's part of being a crazy person, and like even even like forming like identities around being like like the girl blogger mm-hmm. identity is not necessarily like a. It is a mentally ill one though because she was like joking about like being put in the psych ward and la la mm-hmm. la la la. Mm-hmm. All of those like identities or whatever are literally brands so that they can sell you the perfect pill to yes quell yes. whatever um, demon is inside you. Um, literally a demon and that's where we go back to like spiritualism like a lot of these god bloggers are actually really unmistakably religious believe in god believe in like yeah they're god blogging they're god blogging um, too you know and i think i think that has something to do with the like the like purity and like Mm -hmm. like sublime beauty of like Mm -hmm. being a woman and like being a girl blogger yeah totally like divine feminine heavenly body vibes i think so i think so yeah before Um, we like fade out into like oh yeah yeah Yeah, on on music and on um yeah and on like drugs and whatever the nymphed alumni podcast brought up something interesting about like the music that you can listen to while you're on these kinds of drugs um Uh and about how it would like have like a like slow um hypnotic kind of beat and like i guess like mumbly kind of vocals um and i think maybe the girl version of that maybe the girl version of that could be like lana del rey i guess because it's like she is like pretending to make heroin music um Mm -hmm. and um then i saw this mark fisher video where he was talking about how you know um capitalism has like made all the young people depressed in the best years of their lives all of these people's in their like teens and 20s and whatever are like so sad why is this that's why we have the popularity of someone like drake who makes like whiny sad slow music and just like hearing mark fisher talk about it and like integrate that like drake's music into like 
capitalist like fugue fatigue dissatisfaction i thought was so funny that's so funny and such a like missed like he missed the mark with drake in my opinion (laughs) um because i don't think that's the i don't think that's the cohort like i don't think we're listening to drake but i no maybe he's not speaking about us well yeah well he died a while ago so that was probably you know right right, the thing at the time maybe drake was the the voice of sadness for young people i guess Um, i guess like popular sadness not niche sadness right exactly like mainstream sadness yeah we're talking about a more kind of like specifically cultivated um distinctively feminine sadness that is um much more complex and layered with um visual and uh poetic substance and worth Mm. Mm. Um, and um and politics about like blondes versus brunettes yeah 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 but um before we fade out into like i don't know uh Mitski or <laughs> Apple or Lana Del Rey or something of the like. Um, I wanted to read a part of the book, which I think kind of paints like a, gives us a kind of like canon of like um, the visuals of this sort of thing. Um, so it, the premise of this quote is like basically the character from my year of rest and relaxation is like, she's like depressed, but she doesn't know how to express her depression. She like can't cry. You know, it's very like boys don't cry. It's like girl bloggers don't cry, you know? Um, We can't. Which which is so important. Um, So she said, there are, there were other things that might make me sad. I thought of beaches, still magnolias, the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. River Phoenix dying on the sidewalk in front of the Viper room. Sophie's choice, ghost, ET, boys in the hood, AIDS and Frank Bambi was sad. An American Tale and The Land Before Time was sad. I thought of the color purple when Nettie gets kicked out and has to leave Celie in the house, a slave to her abusive husband. Nothing but death can keep me from her. That was sad. That should have done it, but I couldn't cry. None of that penetrated deep enough to press whatever button controlled my outpouring of sorrow. Um, but then she says but then she says because she can't yet cry but i kept trying but i kept trying that's exactly it that's the point that's the point it just you gotta keep on trying to cry um oh my god and we're gonna keep trying aren't we laura yeah after this i'm gonna really uh, push it to the edge. <laughs> yeah, the By edge being of, like, your like the twin tower top floor. Yeah, I'll be your like uh, um, ref- self reflexive mirror of friendship. So when I jump out of the twin towers, trying not to die yeah. in the plane explosion, <laughs> you can rewatch the film back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were gonna see art. Uh, I thought you were going to say, I'll be your jazz singer. You can be my cult leader. Oh, <laughs> that too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, look, I'll, I'll see you at the um, opening night of my year of rest and relaxation in cinemas. Oh, my God. 2023. Yes. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah. Her? Oh, my God. Who could play her? Someone really pale. Someone really tall yeah. and thin and, and pretty and attractive. And also thin and tall. Maybe it could be you or me. Uh, <laughs> I think you kind of fit the role. I'll play Reba. I just have to make sure I don't lift anything more than five kilos. 
No, that would be so <laughs> bad for your um, Molduke arm to, muscles. You'll have to gain weight for the role of Reva. <laughs> you'll have to do like a Christian Bale um, for American Psycho weight journey. Um, I think I could do it. He just like gains and loses <laughs> weight like crazy. Yeah, that's method. Stanislavski Award. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, well, um, this was super cute. Yeah, thanks, Charles. Enjoy oh, yeah, our let's... absolutely miserable song that we're going to cut into this. <laughs> oh, my God. I nearly forgot our... we have, like, a sign-off. Um, let's seal it with a oh, love yeah, and true. kiss. Seal it with love and kiss. Bye. Mwah. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> But never is a problem